0: Welcome back to the Baggies Broadcast. We're here with the latest episode of the Summer Series sponsored by Adoption at Heart. Joe, have you been enjoying this series? Because I've been thoroughly enjoying it. It's been brilliant so far.
1: Mate, I've loved every second of it, I've got to say. Um, it's been amazing. All the guests, two down, third one today. All of them have been Incredible. Um, yeah, and really, 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 really excited for, for this one we've got coming out today as well. Uh, absolutely amazing guest.
0: Yeah, really good. We chatted to him a while ago. It was like having a chat in a pub with a friend. Um, I was going to get you to sing his song, but I don't know what you like it singing. But uh, just a little bit of clue. He's one of our own. He's one of our own. Well, he's not anymore, but he always will be because of who he supports. We sat down recently with Super Sam Field and just how nice of a bloke was he, Joe?
1: Um, ridiculously nice um, has to be said as a starting point Um, yeah so humble so grounded so down to earth Um, and there's sort of yeah two things well three things that struck me from the podcast one was just how nice the guy is I mean he really is um, lovely two was how nice it was to listen to a footballer talk about Albion with the passion he spoke about them Um, he really really is um, an Albion fan um, at heart it was yeah, it was just so refreshing to hear the way he spoke about the club, um, and yeah, the third thing is is humility and how he's handled his departure. And he's handled it. I think people will see this in the, in the podcast. Well, it's just real class, really. I think he's he was really, really unlucky, Samfield, with injuries and the timing of those injuries in particular during his time at Albion. There was a couple of times um, he was really, really close to getting a run in the team. One in particular um under slavin um but every time he got he was just on the brink he seemed to get a knock that sort of set him back a few weeks and it was like, but he, the way he's handled that um I think is absolutely remarkable I think that will really shine through in this podcast um yeah he's 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 taken that so well and gone on to Lert, to do obviously look, he's gone on to QPR he's had a great season there and yeah he's he's, com- he's completely looking forward not back but yeah really really interesting interview um, and yeah one I think Albion fans I said Albion fans have got a little bit of a soft spot for Sam Field um, they they loved him when he was at the club but I think they're going to love him even more after mm. listening to this podcast because he really really is a smashing young man
0: he is a smashing young man some good tales you know he's so unlucky with injuries but you know fantastic that he's gone on and done so well uh, now at Queen's Park Rangers and uh, just a little bit of a teaser a couple of good tales about Barcelona and Taxi Gate nothing, nothing sort of delving too far in but couple of ones that'll make you laugh. So uh here you go. When the baggies broadcast met Sam Field. Sam Field, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. How's it going? How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Thank you very much for uh for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. It's great to have you on, isn't it Joe?
3: Um yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um hi Sam. Hi oh, yeah, you're right. Yes, I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you very much. So, just what I just thought I'd explain to you at the start, really, um, why we were so keen to have you on. Um, me and Johnny sat down a couple of weeks ago and sort of thought a guest to who, who we wanted to come on, and you, you're you at the top of the list. And the and the reason why was well, two reasons why I should say. Um, the first one is I'm sort of an adopted Albion fan, if you like. I started covering the club when Slaven Bilic took charge, um, and okay. Johnny's like you, he's he's a boyhood Baggies fan, and. Um, yeah. When I was covering, when Slavin came, you would not believe the amount of tweets I used to get asking about you. Um, in, in the pre-season, when you went on loan at Charlton, people wanted updates. how Sam feel getting on? And then in that summer, um, after Albion went up just before the start of the Premier League, the amount of tweets I got was ridiculous. Um, so I thought it'd be really good to talk about that. Um, the other thing I'd like to talk to you about is just how Albion you are um because I think it's incredible if, if my fact if my research is correct um and you've got a fact check these days so I want to run some facts by you if that's okay yeah that's um, fine start with that um this is apparent this is how Albion you are um in terms of what I've found so you were born to a family of Albion supporters is that right
2: yeah that's correct yeah
3: you grew up idolizing Zoltan Gera yeah
2: yeah
3: is that right why did yeah. you why did why did you like him so much
2: uh, we as a family we used to always watch the Albion season reviews, um, and this is oh, going back
0: years. I I'm glad that, there's someone else who watches them apart <laughs> yeah. every Christmas on DVD. <laughs> it
2: used to be a massive thing when we, it was like 2001, 2002, like watching Neil Clement score free kicks, and we used to love it. We absolutely love it, and I was old enough to remember them, but I wasn't old enough to like appreciate players a bit. And then we started watching Gira. Um, and there was, I think there was one year with Gear. It was unbelievable. He was in every highlight, basically. And um, just from there, he was one in particular. Just watching him, he was, you could tell he was good. You could tell he was very good.
3: So I'm glad those facts are correct. i have got two more. Your dad, Trevor, was director of marketing at Albion for a couple of years. Is that right?
2: Yes, yes. So this, I was only like, I think I was very young at the time. But yeah, he was actually, yeah, doing that. So he, he knew... Um, Jeremy P so I think he came across him quite a bit and so he knows how the football club runs to be honest and I think he's still there's still one or two people there who he still uh, remembers so yeah it's a yeah small world in that sense.
3: And the the family ties continue because this is amazing if this is true Um, your grandfather and your great-grandfather ran coaches for fans to Albion Games
2: now, I I don't know about that. I've not. Oh, we'll
3: have to check to that one. Run. Bad research. They might
2: have. They might have. They, I, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. I know my granddad and my and my nan were. Uh, They've stopped now. They're a little bit too old now, but they were season ticket holders and would mm. always go. So you know what? I wouldn't put it past them. They probably did. They probably they probably run a whole shipment of people there. So um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I I wouldn't say it's too far off to be honest.
3: Awesome. So, if I just take you right back to the start, from what I gather, you went you went on trial at Albion. But is it right you went on trial at Villa as well at this, within a week um, of each other or something?
2: So I was on. It was it was Blues actually. I didn't ah. the weird one. I didn't really know I was on trial. They um, spoke to the Sunday League coach, but not spoken to my dad or me. So we didn't really know Blues were watching me or anything, but. Anyway, that went, and then West Brom came uh, sniffing around, and obviously straight away, yes, we'll go and train there, hundred percent. And then that would have been seven, and I, you know, trained there for a couple of weeks, and in, they went, "We want to sign you. Do you need to think about it?" And that was the quickest negotiation ever. Yeah. Um, that was that. Signed from there. So I've been there since I was seven.
3: Uh,
0: Amazing. Amazing. And just, just I'll, I'll just come in at this point, Sam. What, what, what was it like? You know, when you signed that, you know, how old are you? I'm guessing you don't sign, you know, you don't sign contracts at a very young age. What What was it like as a, a you know, how old are you and what was it like when you when you signed that? I bet you sort of had yeah, a bit no. more of a spring in your step when you went into school on that Monday.
2: Yeah, so there's, there's no money involved at seven, which um, is probably a good thing, to be honest. Um, it was just more, look, we would like you to, to train with us and play with us. And at that stage, you're only off in like year contracts, so we would have like retain or release nights at seven years old eight years old where you're being told yeah we want to keep you or no we want to get rid of you which that age which is a, a bit brutal so mm. it was only it was only like we want you to keep playing with us for a year and you would just keep going like that um but obviously the second they said yeah we want you to sign, it was I didn't even ask I mean my mum and dad were next to me I remember signing it in the dome but I didn't even look at them. I was like, give me that pen now. Just give me the pen and I'll sign wherever I need to sign. So I, it wasn't wasn't even a moment of thinking about it. It was just, yeah, done. And then obviously you just you just wrapped up in that world. And yeah, I can't even remember going back to school, to be honest. I was more focused on the football ever since then.
0: Yeah, never asking, having to ask for uh, tracksuits and stuff for Christmas and West Brom tops, so I'm guessing, after that.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely. I have to still give a few of them out
0: there. <laughs> and uh, j- just at that time, so obviously you progressed year on year. Was what was it like as you as you went through? Just what were the, some of the sort of highlights for you? Who who did you come with? Who was in sort of the your early teams at Albion? Anyone who um, sort of went on to get through like yourself? So,
2: yeah, my age group. The, the two that are uh, playing professionally now will be Carl Edwards. Um, and Jack Fitzwater, who's uh, up in Livingston. So we had a really good core group of like seven, eight lads who from about some we Kyle joined even before me. He was like six or something like that, which is ridiculous. Um So there was a group of seven, or eight of us who went from all the way from like joining at six, seven, eight, all the way through to under 23s. And, you know, luckily a few of us are still playing professionally now. Um we were really lucky in that aspect that we had lads. that like, Lads I've known 15, 16 years, no better than some of my family. You know, it's just you with them all the time. So um, those are the two in my age group. You also had, obviously, I came across uh, Jonathan Leeko, Tyler Roberts. Um, they were the year below, but obviously they were always high-flying boys. So they, they played up a bit. Uh, came across, obviously, Izzy Brown played with quite a bit for the year above. Um so he would always come. Jerome Sinclair um obviously went to Liverpool from us. I think he went for about three quarters of a million pounds at like 13, 14, which I mean oh. this was a while ago now, which yeah. was serious money. That was serious, serious money. Um and then that was it, the two real standouts in that age group, to be honest. So there was it was a really good branch above year above and year below that played with them. Look, there's low, unfortunately there's loads of lads you play with that you, in a horrible way. You, they come and go because they might be there under 12s but get released under 13s, you know, or some might come up 12s and stay till 15, 16s, and then some are there in year season So there's lots to play with, but I would I would say those boys probably for people listening are the ones that stand out.
0: Yeah, and as you're going through the the age groups, are you still is it still like still, still sort of like pinch me moments being a, being an Albion fan and you know pulling on that jersey as you go up there go up the ages and go up the, the ladder
2: yeah definitely i think when you obviously the dome's right by the the horse on, so you always get out oh, in there one day and you're always looking at it so you always get that feeling um i think there was little things as well when we were quite young we got to go and the like the first team lads at the time would come over and train with us and that was obviously seeing them in the flesh, like wow. Um, and that was quite a big thing. And then when you start to get a bit older and you're starting to get around the training ground and seeing the lads, you know, full time, and then then you almost had to really understand them as just people and just the normal people, and you kind of lost that fairy tale effect because you realised you had to almost grow up in a sense to get on with it. So, but there was always that feeling, and me, there always is that feeling of like going to the Hawthorns or looking at it like that. That obviously I haven't played there this season, but um, that yeah it is it is special.
0: Yeah. And was there a moment? Obviously, you got fourteen, fifteen, and then you start looking at sort of. Obviously, it used to be called YTSs, and then potentially getting a professional contract. Can you? Was there? Was it always in the back of your mind that you thought you know I'm good enough to, to do this, or was there a moment where you thought you know I've I've got a, a real real good chance of of getting through here?
2: Um, I think everyone feels like they've got a good chance. You just. Ugh as cliche as you say, I just kept looking away. I mean, you could never get too far ahead of yourself because some lads would, you know, at 10 or 11 be amazing, but when people like gross spurts, they could be left behind and tiny you know, compared to the rest of the lads, and that could be at 13, 14, 17, 18, so yeah, you you know, you always just you, you're very aware how quickly football can change, and even at these young ages, you, you've got to grasp that, to be honest, because um, it's a fickle game you have to really just go with it and um, yeah I always back myself and I still back myself to this day but I mean, you never know you, you need the opportunity and luckily uh, you know you, when it came you just you know some lads are good enough they're just when the opportunity's there you've just got to grab it as as quickly as you can and just well, thank you very much and see you later I'm, I'm not looking back now
0: yeah and when you did get that professional contract can you can you remember that can you remember the, the day and the, and the feeling
2: yeah, that was that was a good feeling because uh, I mean we're all sat in a changing room waiting individually, being called out. It was like at a doctor's waiting room. It was horrible. Is we this
0: at the dome by the Hawthorns as well? Is it is
2: a training ground and Brilliant. we're all just finding out and you know this is your whole career on the line in a sense and we're all just sat there waiting like it's a normal Tuesday and it really isn't because it, it means you know everything to everyone. So I remember them pulling me in and them smiling. And I thought. They're either really weird and get off on just telling me about <laughs> and smiling or this will be good news and luckily it was good news and yeah, I was more in shock than anything. I was like, oh wow. Um um yeah, as soon as soon as that happened, yeah, really, you know you realise that's the first step though. That's it, it, what feels like the hardest hurdle to get is, yeah. <laughs> is like the baby is the baby steps when it comes to football. So um, very quickly, we, yeah, we snapped out of that and then started having to prove that we were worth pro contracts.
3: Can I just ask, you said when you were f- first started going from the Dome to the training ground, you had to sort of realise there were people and stuff. Who who were you most starstruck by at that time? And who did you have to sort of get over that with, if you like?
2: Um, I, I came across James Morrison quite a lot when I was a bit younger. Um, through me just having to do, I wasn't always allowed to do school release my mum was like you got to stay in school, you got to stay in school and oh. she's a teacher so that you know it's a biased argument <laughs> let's be honest um, but I completely understood so some days I would be there when I was a little bit younger than everyone else and he'd be in the gym and he'd see me and he was one of the, oh wow um, and he recognised me, he knew me from like 12, 13 so he always kept an eye on me and he was one I always looked at and went you know with admiration definitely and so he would stick out for sure. And then obviously when you see, uh, I mean, he's a bit older. Chris Brunt was there as well. Um, Gareth McCauley, when I started creeping around the first team, he was amazing. He was like 38, 39 and the mm. most, one of the most model professionals and nicest guys I've ever met. And I got on really well with him, really, really well with him. I'm thinking, I'm 19. I've not got much in common with him. Here. I, could, I could be his son, but I just did. So... Um, I think probably Mozart was one of the first ones for sure.
0: Yeah, and then when after that, I suppose you you get your head down. Now you're in and around the first team, you know, every single day. How how long was it before you sort of were getting on the bench, and then you made your debut? I'm I'm all right. I think you made your debut against Liverpool.
2: Yes, it was last game of the season. Yeah, Um, yeah. So we'd had in the March, I'd not trained with first team at all. I've been playing under 23s and just tootling along there working hard there and we had it was March international break and uh, Pulis at the time did like an in-house game with first teamers and under 23s and mix the teams up and it was on the first team training pitch all the staff watching I uh, picked a good time to have a good game and I knew I had a good game and then straight after that I was pulled and like right you're training with first team now um so that was in the March international break. So very similar to kind of what we're going into, like, you know, we've just gone past now an and started training with first team, travelled to one or two games. think I did, like... I, I was a glorified family. I got to travel to City away, Arsenal away. Really started to just experience how, yeah. you know, the life is travelling and how they operate. And then, yeah, I think I was on the bench for... Bournemouth away, but it didn't come on. And then, yeah, played against Liverpool last game of the season. Had a, I'd, I'd, be, I'd got wind I was coming on before early in the week. Just not starting, but just coming on. But it was the most nervous I've ever been. You know, you just, you don't know how you're going to be until you get on the pitch. And um, yeah, I know my family were nervous as well, but it was brilliant because Liverpool, I think Liverpool had the Europa League final, I think. So it was an absolute dead rubber. They played... Their F team, it, you know, so it was as nice as Liverpool team I was going to ever play against. And Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was pretty special, to be honest. I think it was like five minutes. Touched it twice, but you know, I'll never forget that.
0: And uh, it still counts, you know. You say there, you fact you've got sort of got wind in the week. As soon as you got wind, do you sort of ringing around every every family member, every friend? You think or tell them to get there, get their tickets.
2: Uh, no, no, I wasn't to be honest. But I think my family could you know if it was ever going to be anywhere any any time it was probably going to be this game so yeah look i know my family were there i was i was nervous enough as it was and yeah was, i think everyone remembers their, their debut to be honest and um it, you know it topped off what was i mean if you had offered me at that at the start of the season i would have laughed your head off i would have gone not a chance cuz i didn't play much i was like playing when i got to under 18s, a YTS. I was I was playing down an age group just because I was I was a lot smaller than everyone else and I'd had a back I'd had a stress factor in my back when I was growing and all this blah 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 and so the first year I was I knew I had a lot of work to do and off for me the second year that I played the prem I would have I would probably slapped it and gone yeah good one there's not a chance in hell but that's what I was just saying about opportunity it was literally in a in-house game in the international break and the manager saw me and look people have lots of opinions about Pulis, but for that one I'm always <laughs> grateful because he saw it and and I just jumped to that opportunity and took it.
0: Yeah. Well, and what was it like under under Pulis? You know, like you say, everyone knows what it's like, you know, what you see is what you get with Tony Pulis. What was he like with, with, with the youngsters? What was his sort of how know, was he with you?
2: He worked brilliant with me because I think the whole consensus was that um, that, you know, he gets his reputation that he's not going to play youngsters. So, I'm being honest, that's what I came in as, oh, God, this ain't going to be. And you could see the academy thought that as well, thought, oh, this isn't going to be good. But he probably played more academy players than any other manager has done for, for a long time before. So, it was very black and white, but he was probably the best person to come over, to step up into the first team world with, because he just showed you what, uh, almost what a man's game it was and how ruthless it was and, how if you want to survive in it, you've got to you've you know you've got to grow. To be honest, you've got to big yourself up, and you've got to you've got to back yourself. And yeah, he look, he was really good with me. His staff as well. They were you could see they were trying to help, and which is not easy because at the same time you're trying to support the rest of the team. So look, I was always always grateful for that, and I, I don't have any problems with him. You know, to, for him to give me my debut. <laughs> I'm more, more than grateful, to be honest, but I think a lot of lads would say he was black and white, which in this day and age is exactly what you need. You, you want to know what he wants and what he doesn't want and who he likes and who he doesn't like because, I mean, look, not every manager is going to like you, but you want one that's fair and just tells you how it is and no one can argue that with him. You knew exactly where you stood.
0: Yeah, it's it's that's really interesting to hear. You know, Pulis then went midway through, I think it was the 1718 season. Um, Gary Megson takes temporary charge, and and you chucked in you know two starts back to back. I think it's a draw at Tottenham, uh, and then a, a draw home to Newcastle, and a, and a dream goal here in front of the the Brumby Road end. That must have been. What was you thinking when when you had them two starts? Was it right? I can I can maybe you know stake a claim here and, and go on a bit of a run?
2: Uh yes, it was all a bit strange. So at the start of the season, I played the first two games with the Pulis and or first three, and we'd won. I think we were like seven points. That's actually. it, yeah those games I played two of those games I played Bournemouth and Burnley away and then I, I didn't play and look I don't really it could be politics I don't really know what happened but anyway it happened I was still very grateful to play those those two games and um yeah so I was out of the fold a bit and I think we'd gone on like 20 games without winning so the mood the mood wasn't great and you could you know you could feel it and uh yeah, Gary Mason had come in as his assistant for a little while and I <laughs> think the first day I'd just got a new car. Literally I'd just moved out of my polo, my manual polo that we've been parking next to all the boys at the game. And dad had nudged me, "Go, you, you know get a slightly nicer car. So I think i got like an A class. It's game, usually
0: like your parents trying to keep like a lid on things, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. yeah. <laughs> and,
2: um Gary Mason's seen me the first day and he's oh, he's given me
0: he's you
2: posh this you that who do you think you are I'm thinking I was driving no disrespect to bowlers I'm driving a manual polo I'm cramping up every three minutes <laughs> driving this car um so I was thinking oh gosh he's Pulis is he's black and white but Gary Mason's black and white as well And I thought oh god I don't know how this is going to go down anyway he he was really good with me really really good with me and he saw me do an extra saw me training hard um I could see he took a liking to me, and I liked him because he, he was he was just honest as well. Like you listen, um, so when those two starts came, I, I was really obviously out. But I hadn't played for like twelve week or 12, 11, 12 weeks or something like that. So I was almost naive enough to go in feeling I'd be all right. And I was just yeah. When I knew I was playing at Wembley, I was I was really. Ner- I'd found out like on the Wednesday in the week. Um, and the staff were brilliant. All right, look, there's no pressure, just play your game. We know you're good enough. You go and play your game. And I was nervous during the week. Got to Saturday, I fell asleep on the on the coach on the way to the game. Stepped outside at Wembley, thought, oh, this is nice. I could play here. And then literally, as the game started, I made one pass. And I thought, oh, I quite like this. This is this is quite good. And I think we scored really early as well. I think Rondon scored really early. So um yeah, that, those two games were absolutely brilliant for me and, and the staff were because they just they l- literally just took the shackles off and went, you deserve to play, just go and play, go and do your thing we all know you can do it and I think that was the confidence that just went, okay alright then, it doesn't matter if I haven't played for so long, I'll just I'll go and enjoy it and I think I managed about 60 minutes against Tottenham and I was cramping up on that, they were all laughing, at. I remember them laughing me on the bus I was cramping up on the way back, I'd not played in ages and Um, yeah and then obviously Newcastle came around and I was really nervous for that game don't know why he was really really nervous for that game and then probably ended up being my best game so yeah it's funny how it works sometimes
0: yeah what was was the feed like with you it was a a good guy I think it was a cross from the right and and a volley at the back post it was uh it was a decent finish
2: yeah I always say to Matty Phillips he over hit the cross and I've done his dirty work for him yeah it was I think a lot of the academy were there that night. They sit in the gantry and they go to the games. And I think they were probably just as surprised as I was. And um, I've not really been a goal scorer to the age groups, but I just wandered in and look, I think it's when it's your day, it's your day. And I just, it felt like that to be honest. And I mean, I know we drew the game 2 2 when we were 2 0 up. I couldn't care less. I was so happy I scored. Um, I mean, they're all gutted in the change room. And I remember Ben Foster saying, "You don't care, do you?" I went, "Fuzzy, no, I've just scored. Probably, <laughs> I've just scored." Um, yeah, that it was it. It was a good moment, and um, I wish I'd just done a better celebration because I didn't know what to do whatsoever. I was so confused. Yeah, it
0: was a memorable night for me as well. That's the, probably one of the only times I've taken my girlfriend to the Hawthorns. So she saw Sam Field's goal for at the Boundary Road, and <laughs> she's never been back since. Yeah. That's the last memory of West Brom. <laughs> Um, just, a, just a couple more on that period before Joe sort of takes over with the Slav and stuff obviously Gary Megson I'm sure some Albion fans given his success in the past would have liked him to have taken the job on but he didn't Alan Pardew came in um, we've sort of heard, read a few things in the past Sam you know you didn't really get much of a chance under Pardew there was sort of talk of a of a bust up I don't know how much you can say what was, your, what was it like under Pardew obviously his time at West Brom is marred for for other thing, you know, obvious reasons with certain yeah. things happened off the field. Yeah. What was what was your time like under him?
2: Um, interesting. So he's very, very different to Pulis. And I think if Pulis is one at the end of the spectrum, Pardew was at the other end of the spectrum and really wanted to play football and really wanted to, you know, get us get as confident, you know, back in us and, and grooving. And look, we I think a lot of the the lads that have been there for a while, you, your Brunties, your, your Mazzas, um, they'll know we're a team that set up defensively and work from that, and we've really good shape about like that, and we can play good football from that. I think we were probably a bit too open and not sure what, I, I mean, we didn't really get a reaction. Um, I played in one or two games when he first came in, and we didn't, you know, hopefully when a new manager comes, you want to get that win, but I don't think we ever got it and it never clicked and, um, you know, he was trying to implement his start. I think it was probably just its hard to transition a manager during a Premier League season um, and then to do from, I think, Pulis' style, which is a very certain way, which the lads were brought up, well, had been there for two, three years, playing that way, now trying to play a bit more expansive, a little bit more football with, with Pardue probably was... An aggressive change, and it, it just didn't work. And look, I I never had a falling out with him. We just, you know, he was he was almost just tough love. And um, look, I, I've got no quarrels about it. So the managers hate it. I never I never tried to take it personally. I think you know, asked yes, a lot of players that they, they might say they liked him, they didn't like him. I. It is what it is. is. you know, it was what it was. I'm not too overly concerned with it now. Um because you know it's what we know how quickly it can change. And look, you know everything that, everything that happened in Barcelona and and I mean that I mean that was never gonna help, was it? Let's be honest. That was um probably, you know, summed up that half of the season and, and and that's what it was. It you know, I did see stuff come out, but it, it nothing like that really happened to be honest. It, you just there's arguments all the time and, you know, if he wanted to play um, whoever he wanted to play, but I mean, that's fine. That's his opinion. It's on his head. It wasn't on mine. It was on his head. So um, I wouldn't say um, there was any bust up whatsoever. I'm not that type of character at all. It was, it was just that stress in that stage of the season. Maybe I was just a little bit easy to go to as a a younger lad, but look, it it toughens you up. And I got, it's helped me, definitely. It's absolutely helped me because you just you know, you use it as positive. And that I was ever in a situation like that, again, I, I know how to handle it a bit better, to be honest. So, yeah, it's football. It's never nice when you're at the bottom of the Premier League and lose it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, obviously it wasn't a great season. You mentioned Barcelona there, which I'm not going to ask all the details on because, you know, we've heard it all of the news and stuff. What was, I know a lot of a lot of pundits and, and journalists at the time questioned why Albion were going on this tour, this this or this mid-season trip at a time where I think it was like, well, you say one win in twenty. I think that was in the FA Cup. As players, did you question that at the time? Sort of why are we going away and and having this mid-season? Not to say jolly, we probably (laughs) turned into that for some, but a a training camp. You know, did did you guys question um, that?
2: I can understand why he did it to try and boost morale and just change change the the way day-to-day was running just mix it up and freshen it up a bit and so I understood that yeah obviously looking back at it now hindsight's a wonderful thing it was probably the worst decision you know we could have made um yeah that's all I can say I uh, you know (laughs) looking back it doesn't look great if it had the reaction it could have had then people wouldn't have batted a nail about it but I think because what happened happened yeah um yeah, it doesn't look great, and look, I, I've only been in the game a few years, but I feel like I could release a book on stuff, and a lot of plays. but it, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that definitely wasn't one of the highlights. I will say that.
0: <laughs> and then just the following season, obviously, Albie went down. Darren Moore had, a, you know, re- rejuvenated the side at the end of the season. Didn't wasn't good enough really to stay up. It was a bit too late by then. The next season, I think you played sort of handful of handful of starts, handful of games. You know, the odd goal. Sam, what was that? that season, like obviously disappointing ending from an Albion point of view, but for yourself, was it just a, a chance to gain more experience in the first team? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, that was a, that was a strange one, obviously, you know, I've known Darren a, a long, long time. I've known him for seven, eight years before he'd even got around the first team. And to see him in a, in a coach's role was, was, a, was amazing to be honest. Um, Yeah, I was gutted it. It didn't, it didn't go the way it could have, because we did have a seriously good squad the championship is brutal, it doesn't matter what your squad is, It's you get a different challenge every Tuesday, every Saturday, it's it's brutal, and yeah, I look, I would have liked to have played more that season, being honest, would have liked to have played a lot more, but I can understand, because our midfield at the time could have been Barry, Brunton and Livermore, which three you know international plays, so I can understand why he went with that, and he went with the team he did. Um, yeah, it was a real shame how that ended because yeah, you know, we should have really gone up. We probably should have got. We really should have gone up automatically, but to then obviously lose to Villa in the in the playoffs like we did, which, which was ten times worse to be honest. And it's a shame because obviously I saw Darren go, which I have known for a long time, and then Jimmy Shan as well, who I'd uh, known for a long time as well, and got to the end of the season. He wasn't sure what's happening as well, which had two really good guys who I have nothing but really fond memories for, for helping me through the academy. And like it's different at first team. They've got to manage everyone. So I might have personal, you know, things about um, ways of thinking, no, I would have done this, I would have done that. But I understand that it's difficult when you step in, in those shoes. And, um, you know, those two guys were brilliant. So it was a real shame that we didn't go up. And, you know, to lose to Villa as well was, was, was even worse.
3: Um, I'll jump in now, Sam. If I right. saw Um so that summer. Obviously, uh, Slavan came and took charge. What, what was sort of your first sort of meetings with him? What did he say to you when he when he came in the door?
2: When he first walked in, I just saw this massive Croatian guy. I like, looked at him. and was like, wow, he's intimidating. And he he shook every came in and shook everyone's hand and knew everyone's name. Which little things like that are, are massive, really, absolutely massive and. He was just honest and he come in, and I really liked him and his assistants as well, really liked them. And he was just honest and fair. I trained for a few weeks and you could see what style he, what football he wanted to play, he really wanted to get it down and play football, play, play through the thirds. And I was, I was really liking it. And then towards the end of the summer, they signed Remains. No, it was... I can't remember. I think they signed Remains, so I am pretty sure. Um, and I just went and spoke to the gaffer and said, look, where where I where am I in your thoughts? And you know what, I'm always thankful for Slav for that because he was just honest with me. He said, look, I'm going to start with um, Romain and Jake, and I had no quarrels with that whatsoever. I understood that. I mean, that's that's absolutely fine. He said, look, he said it can change quickly. you know, I'm not I'm not afraid to play you. If they're not doing it, I'll put you in, and you you would definitely play. Um, but it's I'm going to start with them. And for me, that was, that, that honesty was massive because I just thought, oh, brilliant, that's absolutely fine. But I really need to go and play some minutes now. I've, I've sat in the gantry a lot. I've sat in the you know on the bench a lot. I, I need to go and get some minutes. And he was brilliant with me. Let me really help push through me going to Charlton because there was politics involved with that. And he was just really good with me, really, really good. And Charlton got off to an absolute flyer. And he's mm. ringing me, he's chatting me every other week. And I had a really good relationship with him. Um, and, yeah, that was that's how it started with me. And then, fortunately, I got injured um, towards Christmas time, towards that end, October, November, December time. And, unfortunately, I was back then at the club being injured. But even then, he was chatting to me, talking to me. And, you know, little things like that, He you know, go a long way. And he, you could see you had the whole group's, Full attention, full focus, full respect, and yeah, I, I really appreciate that of him and his staff.
3: So it's fair to say you could have stayed then if you wanted to, but it was your choice, was it, to go out on loan?
2: Yeah, it, yeah, it was my choice. I, look, I had people higher up saying they want, you know, they wanted me to stay, but I was, I was very keen to go and play. I, you know, would have liked to play more under Darren Moore, but it is what it is. You know, I, I just needed to go and play more regular football, and um, the fact that. You know, Charlton were there and interested was was perfect for me and probably exactly what I needed. I, would you know, I've been around the club a lot, but you need maybe I needed just something fresh just to gain a new perspective with football. So yeah, I'd I'd really try to push it through because there've been links with stuff before, but I'd never I'd never been in a position where I'd been allowed to go and I understood that look. There's relegations going on, there's injuries, whatever. I understood that sometimes it is a, polit- a political game and but this time I was really adamant that I need to go um, he was I, I got like I said Slav was, was brilliant with that really helped me with it
3: and was did you move to London then did you or...
2: yeah so i would uh, and sorted out a flat for me moved to London um yeah I had to get settled pretty quickly and and just got on with it there and look Charl- Charlton's was a great club and I I know I wasn't there that long but I really enjoyed my time there and what was great about them, they had zero expectation. They got promoted, like snooky mm. got promoted, and the fans were amazing. The atmosphere there for the first 10 games of the season were, unbelie- were absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. And it was a shame we got lots of injuries. And it was a very weird scenario I had at the end of the season, to be honest, where I was playing for Charlton, who were playing Leeds. And if we won, we stayed up. Um, and Barnsley were playing Brentford and obviously West Brom playing QPR of
3: course, yeah what a day
2: really weird scenario, we lost 4-0 got absolutely battered by Leeds at that time I think Brentford were beating Barnsley, so you could see everyone on the side and about the 92nd minute went and everyone just went like this which obviously meant Barnsley they've got back in the game, and not only got back in the game. I think they won the game last minute, did they, or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, I've got back in the change room, seen all this, seen how Charters absolutely deflated, feel gutted to be part of that because you know really good club wanted them to stay up, um, and at the same time it had helped West Brom. That's
3: crazy position. In a
2: really weird situation. Really, really weird situation. Um, so yeah, I'd. I obviously spoke to a few of the lads, and um, obviously, they were absolutely buzzing, them going up. So, I was really happy West Brom went up, but at the same time, I was <laughs> really different, disappointed. Chartman obviously going down, and yeah, that w- that was a weird bush journey home, I will say that, because there's lots of thoughts going through your head with that. And um, <laughs>
3: yeah, that was strange. I didn't think that day could get any cra- more crazy until I had that story. Well, that was absolutely ridiculous.
2: Yeah, I've heard some stories about that day. Well, obviously they play QPR, so speaking to the QPR boys now about that day and how nervous. Oh,
3: yeah, Of you yeah, it you've got ties to everyone here. Yeah,
2: and how nervous they were with it is, you know, he's he's amazing because, yeah, I think if I think crawling across the finish line is probably an understatement. I think, Chris Brown were praying for it, and look, they were good enough. They were good enough in the end, and. And what happened happened but yeah by the sounds of it it was there's nail biting stuff and then and th- there was that to be honest
3: you know ever easy absolutely tore us yeah. apart that day he was yeah. absolutely phenomenal he was brilliant um you, you got injured didn't you at chris around christmas time at Charm, didn't you see that's right about christmas time what injury yeah. was it again i uh, saw so i've had
2: this issue for a while it was my mcl my um ligament in my inside ligament in my knee so i'd done like a quite a Hefty grade two in a gap. I'd never had a problem like this before. I was like, let me carry on, let me carry on. The physio's feeling my legs like this doesn't feel right at all. I'm "I'm all right. Stretching me off. Anyway, I had a scan and I've done like a quite a serious, not a full tear, but quite a chunky tear in it. So I was out for about, it said it was about eight to 10 weeks out. I think I'd done 10 weeks out. Back all back at West Brom now you know all right not great but you can do this and go back still plenty of the season left it's just part of it um back at West Brom they just went can you do two training sessions um before you go back and I went okay yeah fine that's you know just to just to clear you out clear you off and take you off from the medical department I was like yeah completely get that get injured in one of them terminate goes absolutely again so
3: same injury
2: yeah same injury
3: recurrence like
2: so same amount of time out, um, obviously heads flying now, I'm like, oh my God, what's your luck with that? But it's football, everybody gets injured, right, get on with it, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Then uh, try to go back, I just literally thought I was really clever, just playing on my right foot, just, you know, not using my left foot. But uh, Lee Bowie, of course, a chance like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Sam, you haven't made a tackle, you haven't done this, you haven't done that what the hell's wrong you're like you need to go and get it sorted you're not right I was thinking oh I thought I was blacking it quite well I was really struggling it hadn't I'd got this issue and it I wasn't going away and then Covid all hit so it was really strange but I then tried a third time with West Brom to get me sorted tried this therapy thing where you get injections in your in your ligament which I wouldn't recommend it's not very nice um so Covid's going on now so I'm really in a where I'm like oh crap, it's bad that it feels like the end of the world at the same time, at least I'm not missing any more football, so it was a weird one Um, and then luckily I managed to get back in a working state these injections had hadn't healed me at all but had almost given me a plaster on my head and said you'll get by for, I think there was nine games left in the season so now I'd gone back to Charlton um, and played the last nine games which is obviously what happened and I managed to get quite a few minutes in there played in eight of the nine and happy on a personal level that I managed to play some games, get some minutes, start to feel like myself again. But obviously, um, it's just disappointing from the, from the club perspective. Um, but yeah, so that ended up being a really weird, really long season. COVID was a little bit of a blessing for me with the injury because it gave me enough time. I was doing all my rehab from home, you know, just before we'd gone into lockdown. <laughs> took half the stuff from the gym and was just doing it um from home and just, you know, literally every day just doing rehab stuff, which probably was was a blessing in disguise because it just helped me massively. Um so yeah, so that would that was the way that season ended, which was a very strange one.
3: So a push it, it wasn't the summer really, was it? But in in, in the the mid season, if you like, the end of the season yeah. to the start of the next season you have done really well at Charlton. Fans, like I was saying at the start, fans are tweeting me when I'm going to see Slavin, ask about Sunfield, ask about Sunfield. What's the situation with Sunfield? What was Slavin saying to you at that time? Because in press conferences, I have to say, he was speaking very, very highly of you. And at one stage, he actually declared that you would not be sold that that summer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um... I could have stopped my nan tweeting on Twitter. By the way, she's messaging you all the time.
3: <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know your nan messaged me. <laughs> no, I'm I <laughs> How I get it now I'm going right over my head. M- Come mate. on, Joe. I'm not the quickest, mate. I'm not the quickest.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of got. You know when you get, you get a feeling, you get a good feeling, and I was like, this feels like this might be it for me at West Brom here. And I just got the feeling, Not no one in particular had said anything, but I you just get a feeling. Um, and I just changed my approach. I went, shut it. I don't care if I'm not nice to anyone. I am kicking people. I am booting <laughs> people in training. I swear to God, that was my mindset. to it. If I'm going out, I'm going to go out swinging. I'm going to go out booting a few people up in the nicest way. You can see Pulis and Megson have got to me by this point. And, yeah, I just, I just trained my heart out, just absolutely trained. And I could see, I was thinking, I've trained well today. I've trained really well today. And I could see, Billich and, and his staff were always good to me. They were never in that mindset. But I could see I was just working them even more. And, look, I'd come back and, obviously, like I said, John got relegated, but West Brom got promoted. So those boys, he was always going to be loyal to those boys. Fully understood it. If I got promoted... I would want him to be loyal to me. I played all season. You know, I've got no quarrels with that. So I knew they were always going to be his first picks come start of the season. I just kept training, just kept training, just kept working. And I was feeling better and better and just stronger and stronger and got to the point where I'd come on a couple of times and I could go, oh, I didn't expect it. Like almost shocked coming on because I thought, oh, God, I'm really in his thoughts now. And then I came on against... Uh, Southampton at half time was like, Oh wow, okay, really starting to feel it now. And I basically got wind, I think it went to an international break, and I got wind. I was going to play the next game against Birmingham, I was going to play, and then just you look, as it, I got injured, got caught on the same knee again in training, and that was that again. And yeah, look, people are like oh You're really unlucky with injuries, and blah blah blah. It is what it is it happened and I can't do much about it now um if it was meant to be it was meant to be it obviously wasn't that's the way my mindset looks with it and yeah Billy Billy was great with me but I yeah I had got I hadn't read anything I don't do any of the social media side like that I don't read anything don't do any of that because you can drive yourself mad but I, I had a gut feeling that it felt like that a little bit um but yeah I just just started training my heart out even more and yeah, that that was. I got feeling that I was gonna play against Burnley, but yeah, that that was it. And yeah, we go back to square one then. To be honest,
3: mate, I remember it really well. I remember that Southampton game. I remember Southampton running rings around us, if we're honest. First half, um, yeah. you coming on at half time, change of shape, completely different second half. And you were gonna play that Burnley game because I can remember asking Slavin about it, and it, I remember you getting injured. I can remember Slavin saying you were gonna start that game. It was just incredible timing really it was so unfortunate but so what what happened then then you obviously was it was eight to ten weeks again
2: yeah so I oh it, it all merges into one big scan I'm, I'm just <laughs> sitting in a MIR, MIR machine to be honest it feels like yeah I'd literally done the same again um or very very similar to be honest and uh you know obviously it's just very frustrating so that had happened so then I'm injured at this point obviously Slav I think he went after the Man City game I think we got a draw and he went which is we started on that that seemed really weird but oh yeah
3: that was an incredible night he was effectively sacked in the press conference he was answering questions and I was looking on Twitter and it was announced on social media I mean it was it was it was awful because he was as you said he was an unbelievable man isn't he's an unbelievable unbelievable man
2: Oh, well, he was in the next day and he said bye to every, got everyone in the meeting. He said bye to everyone, which I've not had a manager do that before. Not if they want to. I'm not sure. If you know, I don't know if they can, but he did that. And oh, I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted because I thought, oh, and you know, that he's a good guy. Just a good guy more than anything and, and a good manager. And so I was still injured at this point. So I don't know if anyone took over. No, I think they've got Allardyce ready.
3: He came in the next
2: day yeah did he, did he
3: come in mm.
2: the next I wasn't fit at this point um so I'm just purely like oh, I've got to get my rehab right can't even you know worry about the manager or anything if I'm not fit and available I can't I can't do anything here so yeah it was a real shame with Slav and um, Allardyce had come in and then I was just starting to creep around training again and um we hadn't got off to a very good start. I think we lost to Villa three 0 and um, with Anadice's first game, mm-hmm. I think he was looking at options in the team. And I just got fit; I just started training, and he was asking about me, interested in how you're playing, how you're getting on, and then um, I got a feeling that they were very keen of using me. <laughs> until I went to play. Um, An under 23s game against Stoke a fair quite a few of the first team lads just to get minutes, get fit, get firing, which is you know, lots of players do it. Um, and then literally about a minute before I'm gonna come off, go into a tackle, like my ankle makes a weird click sound. I'm like, that feels weird. Walk off. I'm like, that don't feel right. Because um, I think you've been kicked on the ankle loads of times, and you know when you just jarred it or whatever, and I'm like, that doesn't feel right. And sods law, I'd, I'd injured a, a ligament in my ankle, and it was just one of them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this this is just. I had to start laughing at this point because I thought, am I trying too hard? I don't know what's going on here. It's just, it just. I think you get a lot of look. You get a lot of looking football, and maybe mine was out then but it is what it is, and it, I think once that happened, he'd look at Allardyce, he's, he's cutthroat and ruthless, and that was actually probably what we needed at the time, it's just yeah, I wasn't, I was never in a position to really, to play under him, but him, uh, Sammy Lee, staff, they were all really good with me, they were, you know, they were they were really, really good with me, see how hard I was, I was trying and everything, and that was in December by that point, and we got to January, and Look, I, I've got no problem with Allardyce wanting to get players in. I know he got, you know, I've been told I wasn't allowed to go again in January. Um, literally, I don't know why clubs do this. I don't recommend it at all, is do everything on the last day. That's
3: crazy, I yeah.
2: I don't know if there's like a cheeky thing that Sky go, go on, I'll give you <laughs> two million if you do. I, don't, I really don't know why, because I was we trained at like four o'clock at the stadium, and my phone was pinging like mad. Um, I was like, you need to answer, we, you know. All, I, didn't, I didn't really pay attention to much because, like, oh, we, you know, looks like we might be able to do something here. Like, oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, so I'd, I had to sign for QPR at, like, half ten on whatever night it was. Um, I couldn't even get to QPR to do a medical. I had to sign without a medical. And I was in the training ground at West Brom signing it, as I could see. Allardyce and the technical direction there stressing, scratching their heads <laughs> and um, yeah it was a weird ending because I literally took my boots from there and went and that was it, I didn't see I didn't have a chance to say bye to anyone any of the lads or anyone because obviously I went on loan and signed permanently but I, I know the manager wanted to get his own players in and look, I could go and get Arsenal player Maitland-Niles and and I forgot the lad from Celta League, I forgot his name, the but he was very good as well. So, look, I, if you wanted to do that, I've, got, I've not got a problem with it. It was the best thing that happened to me, in a way, was me allowing to go to QPR because the the mental headache I'd just had from injuries and everything had, had just taken its toll, to be honest. And, mm. look, I think it was probably, for both parties, perfect timing, to be honest, I think. You know, I can understand that, you know, <laughs> I'm no use if I'm injured. Um, yeah, there was times when I was fit and I didn't play, but it is what it is. And yeah, that was really strange when he was signing them. I was just, see you, gone, boots, gone. And that was, that was a manic evening because it was on, it was off. It was on, it was off. I swear to God, four times and <laughs> it was it was manic.
3: It's great, deadline days. Kevin Phillips told me a story once. He was playing, it was like 4.30 or 5 o'clock, like you were saying, and he was playing football in the in his garden with his kid. And his agent rung and said, so-and-so interested. Rung his manager, yeah, you're not really going to play here. And that was it. He, it. It was miles away. Like, it was. he was basically moving from one end of the country to the other. And within five hours, it was done. And An hour before, it wasn't even on the card. It's absolutely remarkable.
2: It it makes no sense. They can talk for weeks and nothing can be decided. As soon as someone puts it on the last day, everything can be decided. Look, it's great. (laughs) From a fans perspective, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But God, yeah, I've had a few of them like that where, loan-wise with West Brom, I could have gone somewhere. And there's so many deals that could go through that fall through. And I was part of a few of them and blah, blah, blah. And so I've had it before. But this one, I was like, Oh, my God, this one actually might go through. And, yeah, I mean, I had to actually, I was driving away from the training ground and I forgot to fill in a form. So I had to slam on the brakes <laughs> before joining the motorway again, like illegally first <gasps> back up the, the, uh, where I was joining and turn around quickly and sign it. It was, yeah, it. I obviously, I think Odin Wenge is the most famous transfer <laughs> story. I'm not going to lie about that. But, um, yeah, that one, that one was manic.
3: I just off the top of my head, I just, just we're talking because we're talk I'm, I'm conscious we're getting really close to eight o'clock and we're keeping you. But oh, off no. the top of my head, QPR, you ended that season really strong, didn't you? Really strong. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, we were we were oh we were on fire. Um, I come in and I'm not saying it was all me. Charlie Austin had come in and everyone knows Chaz is what a character he is and he was exactly what they needed, exactly what they needed. So Chaz had come in, myself, Stephanie Hansen and. Jody um and just helped. I think we were 19th at the time and just got going. Just, just got a bit more solid, I guess, and and we we're winning games. And yeah, that end of the season, we've gone from 19th. I think we finished ninth or eighth. We were absolutely fine. It was, it was, you know, it was the best thing that could have happened. Played loads of minutes because um, there was loads of games in that time. It was absolutely loads because of the way COVID had been and everything. Um, and, yeah, it was absolutely fine. And we just took that, that honestly, that energy and, and that feeling into this season. And we've slipped off ever so slightly the last few weeks. And we've had injuries, blah, 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 and all this and everything. But, um, yeah, it's been nothing but, but, you know, nothing but you know, brilliant stuff since I've come to KPR.
3: At what point did Mike Warburton say he wanted you permanently?
2: He spoke to me just before the end of the season and said, look, I, you know, Ring me, please. But I would like you to, you know, I'd like, yeah, really like you to play. I want you to join. And, and if, ah, I'm not really involved in the negotiation side, Um probably for a good reason because I probably pay them money to play. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a very quick decision after the season. It was like, do you want come join QPR? Yes, right, sorted, done. Um, and the fact that he played me, that that spoke more than anything. Um, you know, action, actions are louder than words, and the fact that I would mm-hmm. played a lot under him, and we played some seriously good football, seriously good football, and yeah, I was just, I just really enjoyed my. It was only like, I was only there for like three months, but those three months I, I absolutely loved. I was like, yeah, I want more of that, please.
0: Joe, you know, just quickly, when you you say you made that decision really quickly, Sam, as an Albion fan, did none of that come into it? Was there was there any bit of like my boyhood dream? my boyhood club is now over or was it just a case of you'd already sort of you'd sort of realised that that was already over and you needed to to go elsewhere
2: i think i think i knew deep down i think i knew deep down that's that's me done and that's that's no disrespect to the club at all that's just i think you know yourself sometimes and this was the right time this was definitely the right time and i don't think mentally i could go through Another manager we're going, Oh, I'm not gonna play yeah. Oh, you've got injured. I just don't think I could have handled it. I don't think I've um so yeah, it was a very quick decision. It was I'm playing, I'm enjoying it. Why it was almost like, why wouldn't I join here? And um yeah, West Brom, you know, I've got nothing but fond memories and what people say, Oh, you might have got treated badly, blah, blah, you might have got injured, you didn't play enough. Yeah, if that was the case, that was the case. I enjoy, I enjoyed every moment there, and I'm very grateful for the club to be honest because he's got me where I am now.
3: You still, do you still classify yourself as a fan? Just still, is it West Brom? The yeah, I always,
2: keep, you look I, for? I always, I always keep an eye on the score. You know, obviously when we QPR played West Brom, that was strange for 20 minutes. That felt really strange. Um, it was but, bloody
0: awful watching it from the stands <laughs> as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, it really it was. was.
2: A, yeah, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a classic, <laughs> I will say that. Um, yeah, that was a bit strange, but um, I do keep, I do keep an eye on it. It's you know it's always a club that I pay attention. To. All clubs of Charlton as well, I pay attention to as well, is because I've, I've just got fond memories, and you know I'll I'll never not have fond memories of my time at West Brom.
3: Charlie Austin must have said something to him in the dressing room after that game.
2: Yeah, of course. Me, Chaz's first day I came at keeper. I was, I was like, I'm following this guy everywhere. It feels like, um, yeah, he was really good. And look, I think he, you know, he was delighted to, to come and play as well. I think he, you know, he was frustrated he wasn't playing as much as he liked at, at, at West Brom. And yeah, we were both very happy we, we'd won that game. But obviously, it's, I that's the first time I know lots of lads have played against their previous clubs. That's so the first time i have done it. And yeah, it was. It was it was a bit weird to be honest, but I, I won't lie. I was I was happy QPR won and I was happy with playing and win because you know yes you, you, you deal with it professionally. I can't start celebrating in West Brom scored That would look absolutely horrendous.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: and just sort of finally, you know, I know hindsight's a wonderful thing. Albion have had a an awful campaign this season. Obviously, this is this won't go out till till mid May, but we all know that they're not going to do anything. They're in mid table, you know. Who struggled at times in midfield this season. I suppose is there a part of you that thinks what could have happened at West Brom, and if you would have sort of maybe wanted to stay, could have happened, or is it a case you just wanted to get away? And
2: honestly, no, uh, no, nah. nah. in the nicest way, I couldn't care. Yeah. Was that was me done me out of it, not thinking what if, what that's me done. I'll I'll put my heart and soul into it, as cliche as it sounds. When I was there, and that you know, I'll look back and go, I will try my best. So I won't worry about that. And look, yeah, West Brom have had a difficult season. I mean, QPR basically won't go out for a while, but we've started to struggle towards the end of it. It's a brutal league. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense sometimes. It really doesn't. But um, look, you, you just have to get on with it. And yeah, I I honestly I couldn't care about it. It was, it was done. I'm fully concentrated on, on trying to help QPR now.
3: You need a move sometimes, don't you? You need to move, a fresh start. I think a lot of players are in that position. I
2: yeah, I think it's really dying out now, the one-club
3: mm. trade,
2: the one-club pony. I think it's... Yeah, I think... I Because think you need a lot of luck to be in the same alignment as the club as well, to be going in the same direction at the same time as your career with the right manager. There's, there's lots of different mm. factors, though yeah I think i I think some people will still do it, but I don't think many people will do it now to be honest
0: I agree. Yeah. and you know obviously you're a boyed baggies fan potential for a, a return to the baggies one day later in your career
2: look you never know you never know remain probably would have gone what yeah good one but he did and it's look if it's the right place to be at the right time on the you know never say no I've got good memories there but I can't see it happening any you know anytime soon but football's a strange game isn't it I, might be, I could be back there you never know so yeah I'd never say never and yeah you, you've seen interviews with lads say I'd never play here never play
0: there I just don't say it just don't say it so yeah it could happen it could easily happen
3: very yeah. wise that is very very wise
0: <laughs> uh, just to finish off Sam we got some quick fire questions that we uh we put to okay. all our all Have our you guests
3: do them Sam you sure you got time to do them, you sure to yeah. do
0: them? no problem Cracking Sam, we'll rattle through these. Uh, I'll leave the first one to Joe. Yeah, I think you've got your list there. I've got it, mate.
3: Joe? So the best player at Albion you played with and why? Quick fire, Sam.
2: Uh, I'm <laughs> gonna go with Gareth Barry. Just the way you could do it for, yeah. for all the age, you know, for all these years, he was just unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh,
0: I, I, from what you've said, I probably know what you're gonna say here. But best manager you played under at Albion and, and why?
2: I'll go Pulis because he gave me a debut. Most, yeah.
0: un-
3: most underrated player?
2: Oh, uh, I'll go Gareth McCauley. I think he was seriously good. Seriously mm. good. And I think we signed him at 31. We've got like seven years out of him. <laughs> Speed volumes, I think. Uh,
0: funniest, sort of best funniest tale from your time at Albion?
2: Uh, well, I'll say, I can't go. obviously, I'll say Barcelona. Now it's funny. But obviously, you couldn't <laughs> laugh at the time. But it was very funny hearing stories about it, obviously. That's all I'll say.
3: What did you, just on that, what did you think when you saw it on the front page? I mean, I think it was the Sun that got the story.
2: Well, the way the club had released it, they'd gone like four plays have been, of, obviously, of what happened. So obviously, everyone's guessing, going, it's got to be the young lads. It's got to be. So I was getting lots of messages going, was it you? Was it you who did it? I'm like, no, I was in bed by half, eh? What are you <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's the was... dads,
3: mate. It's the ones who are married and got kids. They're right. They're the ones that you've got to keep an eye on. They're, they're enjoying their freedom.
2: I wish it was me, but I'm not that I'm too boring for that, honestly.
3: I think the next one, Juju. Oh, is it me? Sorry, mate. I'm losing my trailer for it. Biggest joker slash prankster.
2: Um Craig Gardner, while I was there, was into jokes, just silly, crude, funny jokes, just chucking eggs at chefs, whatever. Just you very all about that kind of stuff. So I'll probably say him.
0: And just on just on this little bit before we finish off, what was your looking back on your Albion career, what was your best moment for the for the club and your time at Albion?
2: Yeah, scoring that goal against Newcastle. Um like you said your girlfriend's the only game she's been to so yeah she remembers it well. <laughs> I remember it even better. So um, yeah that that one by far stands out.
0: Fantastic. And just just going to put you in a little scenario for the last sort of 30 seconds of the podcast. Um, we'll ask this of all the all the guests. You're, you're manager of a five-side team. You're in a competition, but you can only select a side from players you played with okay. um, at West Brom. So you, I'll give you the five players. You're obviously, you're the manager. You're in the, you're in the tech area. Yeah. You've got five yeah. players and two subs. Two so. subs, OK.
2: Right, I'd go Ben Foster in goal. Am I, am I involved in this?
0: You Fine. can be, you can be a play yeah, manager yeah, if you yeah. want. They, no, they're, no, they've sort no, totally no. gone out of fashion these days, haven't <laughs> yeah. they? But we can bring it back.
2: Five or so. Yeah, five percent so is not my strength. Um, I would put, I put Craig Dawson in because he'll just head you anything, clear anything. But Craig Dawson, Chris Brun, um, Mateus Pereira, Brady D'Angana. Uh, is that, is that your,
3: is that your five?
2: Yeah, that's my five. They're your starters? Yeah. And then two subs, I'd have... Who would I have? Uh, Victor be i probably have, just for a second, because he was the strongest person I've ever seen. And if you just needed to chuck it into him, you could chuck a ball five yards past him, he'd still go to hold
0: it. Up. I'll be honest, I was not expecting it to say... <laughs> yeah, but well, I'm um,
2: thinking for all scenarios. <laughs> and Just a, deep,
0: just a battering yeah. ram for the last five yeah. minutes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> of course, Keanu's. um him, And who else would I go? I'd probably go, um, Young as well. He was when I was first going to, he was horrible to mark as well. So fast with his feet, probably yeah,
0: them too. Them That's a pretty decent team. I think that would run yeah. run some teams close. Sam Field, thank you very much. It's been absolutely fantastic to get your insight into your your time at the club. Um, you know, you're you as a baggage fan, you lived every fan's dream. You know, got to play for the club. Um. I suppose for a lot of fans, disappointingly, it came to an end a lot sooner than the fans would have would have liked. But you're doing fantastically well at QPR. Um, we wish you all the very best for you know the rest of the and your time at the club. Um, hopefully, one day back in the in the stripes um, over the hoops but we'll uh, we'll wait <laughs> yeah. Sam thank you very much for your time all the best no worries.
2: thanks for having me guys
3: appreciate uh, it I'll just add in and just say again just delighted to see you doing so well mate uh, thoroughly oh, deserved you. absolutely thank brilliant you. well done thanks a lot
2: thank you cheers cheers thanks,
3: mate.